Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I appreciate that. What's going on, Sterling? Yeah? Okay. We'll try again. Man, what's going on with him, huh? <laughs> Sterling College, what's up? How are we doing? Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. Man, it's good to be back here. Um, let me get my notes out here. All right. So, as uh, Paul said, my name is Fayola Oyetayo. Oyetayo is a different name. I have a funny joke here that uh, regard, in regards to my last name. So, I played basketball here at college, and again, I know that Oyatao is a really difficult name to pronounce, so we were at Kansas Wesleyan University, right? Go Coyotes? Nobody? Yeah, forget K-Dub. <laughs> so we were there, and um, I was my it was my senior year. I was on the starting lineup, and my mom, she, lives, she was in Nigeria at the time. The name's Nigerian, and she came all the way from Nigeria to watch me play, which was super awesome. And um, out of all the times for them to my name has gotten messed up a lot of different times, but they have never messed up my name this bad before. So it was starting from Dallas, Texas, 6-4, whatever, power forward. Give it up for Fayola. Fayola. And they said my first name twice. My mom was not happy. If y'all know Nigerian black women, they mess up your son's name. It is not a pretty sight. So that's just a funny story about my name. So um, it's so good to be back here. Like Paul said, I was here from 2013, 2017 from Dallas, Texas area. And um, yeah, my little brother actually um, was here from, what was it, 15 or 14 to 18, um, I think. Did anybody know Leia? Leia or Yataya? You guys know him a little bit? Okay, cool. Yeah, he was in the missions for a little bit. So yeah, I want to um, just say thank you guys for having me. I want to Highlight a few people here that have been super important in my life. So number one, I almost get choked up because she was super just like a figure in my life. Nancy Hicks over there. Everybody say hi, Nancy. <laughs> so Nancy has just been a super just, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you. I don't even want to talk too much because I'll start crying. But she's my foster mom from day one. Every time I would have a basketball game, she was there for cookies. She made my, did my laundry every week for four years. So I didn't ever do my laundry in college. <laughs> I'm sorry. But thank you so much, Nancy. God bless you, and I appreciate you. I got my girlfriend here, Kara Decker. Say hi, Kara. There we go. So Kara's here. So um, teachers in Wichita, and um, I'm thankful for you. We've been together for a year and a half now. And uh, Brett's over there. You guys saw him here on the stage. That's an important guy in my life as well because he kind of helped me um, through music. So I play the drums at a church in Wichita right now called Life Church. And um, without kind of Brett's counsel and guidance, I don't think I'll be able to play, man. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right. So um, I'm here to kind of just talk about my story, talk about why um, you know, or maybe not why, but how I've gotten to the place I've gotten. And um, number one, it's all through the grace of God. But I just kind of want to talk about my story. I had more of like a grand message with like videos and slides and all that. But Paul texted me. He was like, hey, there's not going to be that many people today. It's COVID, spring break, all that. So um, I kind of switched in my mindset to thinking like, let me just relate to the students. Let me just talk to them and just talk about my story and talk about just some different things that inspired me and how I've used faith to kind of push me through that journey. So I'm going to say a quick prayer, and um, we'll get started. Here we go. So, dear God, thank you for this awesome day, God. Thank you for just being back at Sterling College. Thanks for allowing Sterling to be the place where I grew in my faith, I grew in um, my academics and my career and everything, God. So, God, I pray that you speak through me, God. Just come down and fill this room, God, with your spirit. Again, um, these words are not mine. Let there be yours, God. And I don't care if there's 60 people or 6,000 people in here, God. Let somebody be touched through the words that you've given through, through you, God. So, again, thank you. And um, this is all your name, I pray. Amen. All right. So, um, let's just be real. This time last year, right? I mean, 
I think it was March 17th was when the whole world shut down. Do you guys all remember kind of where you were at when you guys got like the text or the call when like everything shut down? It was crazy. Like the NBA shut down and then like celebrities were getting in and it was, I felt like I was about to get like, <laughs> I don't know, like bit by a zombie or something. It was just super weird. And when I think about March 17th of 2020, I think of the dark place I was in. Um, and I didn't realize it until now. I was working at a bank full-time, making pretty good money, and unfortunately, that's when they let me go from that job on March 17th, the same day, every day sh uh, everything shut down. And from there, I just kind of told myself, God, why am I in this position? Why did I have to be the one that got you know, let go from their job? What I didn't realize was that so many other people were in that position, and it made me realize that anytime you're in a position of hurt, or worry or financial just kind of fear, you have to figure out how you can depend on God more than you can de depend on yourself. So I was pushed every single day to figure out how can I use this moment of not being you know, financially stable anymore and not having my identity in banking or in finance, how can I use this to still be a light in the community? So you know how hard it is to continue to being an outgoing, personable guy, but consistently you know that your wallet isn't showing it or that you know that um, it might be a tough time to be able to provide for a date night for your girlfriend and things like that. That was a super kind of heartfelt time for me. But in March, that's when everything happened. And I was kind of in a mini, I don't even want to say depressed, but it was dang near depression because I was, it, it was pretty rough. But I asked myself, what are some passions that I have that I've known that even if I never got paid for them, I would still do? And as you guys see, I'm a guy of energy. I love talking to people. And um, Kara probably said I even talk too much. But I really do enjoy intentional conversations. So I am in Wichita, Kansas right now, and I've always loved the aspect of just having deep conversations with, with people, like mentors, friends, family. And um, I was like, why don't we just start a talk show in Wichita? Just forget it. A talk show during the pandemic. Let's do it. And um, I called my buddy who has a pretty big platform in Wichita. It's a page. It's, it's called Wichita Life ICT. Essentially what it is, it's a, it's a page that highlights everything Wichita. Businesses, restaurants, individuals. And I said, hey, man, let's partner. Let's figure out a way that we can come together and start a talk show. And he was like, you got a production team? I had no production team, but I said, yeah, I got, I got a team. I, I, and, and literally, I just started scrambling around, finding just random people off the street during a pandemic, by the way. So this is just unorthodox. And I don't know why I did it. But actually, you know what? I, I don't even want to say I don't know why I did it. I just wanted to be happy. I didn't care about the money anymore. I didn't care about what, um, what resources or what benefits I was going to get from it. I just wanted to be in a pl place of just happiness. And I knew that talking to people, um, being in front of the camera, just being a personality was something that I enjoyed doing. So got a camera crew, and in May of 2020 was our first episode. We recorded um, a guy named Harrison Steele. You guys might not know him, um, but he went like three rounds deep in American Idol, three rounds deep in The Voice. He opened for Train and um, Wichita. So he's, he's a reputable guy in Wichita. And um, I interviewed him, and it was just straight up horrible. Like, <laughs> it was a straight up fail. Now, I had a lot of support through social media, but it was like your pity support. It was like whenever somebody starts a business and you repost their stuff, and it's congratulations, but it wasn't real because I knew it was horrible. Second episode, I interviewed a girl named Jenny Dawn. Jenny is the first black 
um, woman in Kansas to make and sell her own wine. That was cool. Got, that got around like another three or 4,000 views. So like, there's starting to become a, a momentum. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in June of last year, that's when all the racial tensions were going on, right? George Floyd and other things like that. And it was, it was a dark time for, uh, for black people. And I really support people that weren't even black that stepped up too, because I mean, that kind of showed that there was a lot of education in the industry or in the topic of racism. So George Floyd situation happened. We had a platform of 20,000 people in Wichita. And I was like, how in the world do we make an impact in our city? And um, I still can't believe this to this day, but by the, by the grace of God, we were able to kind of just maneuver our way and end up getting the chief of police at the time, or he's still the chief of police, but we got the chief of police of Wichita, Kansas to come on the talk show. And that's when things really skyrocketed. That episode got about like 15,000 views. And again, it's all to the glory of God. But that's when I realized, okay, like now I'm really doing this for like a living. And people don't realize this, but from March all the way until December, I essentially paid out of my pocket to my production team. And I can say the number now because, um, because I'm, I'm open kind of with, with the journey. It was about five or six grand of kind of my money that I ended up paying to these guys consistently month after month so they can help me produce this talk show. Not ever seeing much money ever come back. N none of them really knew this at the time, but I was trying to get sponsorships. I was trying to just get people to support the show. And consistently, over and over again, I got no after no after no. My girlfriend knew it. My mom knew it. In November of 2020, I had the worst, worst COVID experience I think any young 25-year-old would have had. Um, we had a little um, Halloween-type get-together. And we ended up um, all basically having COVID, about like nine or 10 of us. And I was the one person that was like, every symptom, um, I just had it to the, to the max. Like my sore throat was so bad that I didn't even want to like swallow. <laughs> like I was just wanting to spit everything out. Um, we ended up having to go to the emergency urgent care together. Um, they had the, I was put on an inhaler, all of that. We almost had to pick up a ventilator. I mean, I was straight up dying. And um, right after that, I ended up applying for a role. Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. During that time, like I said, when you're when your personality and you're out in the public and things like that, two weeks of not being really much anywhere has people kind of questioning. So even though you we were in a pandemic and people understood, for me, all of my kind of income and my livelihood now after starting the talk show in May was um, was kind of being out in the public. So through the talk show in May, I started landing some other personal brand type of deals to be able to, you know, like... Um, influence, you know, for, for fashion brands and for different companies around Wichita and things like that. So I was starting to make a little bit of money, then boom, COVID hit, right? In November, I had that really bad sickness. And um, through those two weeks of me not being able to do anything, I started, a, lot, a lot of those partnerships I started losing. So I started losing a lot of money, a lot of opportunities, and it was super unfortunate. Um, then I applied for a really, really big role that I thought I was gonna be able to get. It was a nice role, paying me a good salary, and um, I will never forget the conversation that my girlfriend and I had in the car when they told me no. I went four rounds deep in that role um, in, terms of the, in terms of the interview, and um, they told me no. And like I said, this is only three or four months ago, or yeah, five months ago or so. And when they told me no, December 1st, I looked at Kara, I looked at my mom and my best friend David, and I said, this is it for me in Wichita. This is gonna be the last month by far. I have tried everything. I'm getting no's all over the place. 
I am not a successful human being. I thought the show was good, but the show was only getting me public recognition. It wasn't putting really much dollars. When I got COVID, all my money was starting to lose. I was like, there's no success for me here in Wichita. My best friend, David, told me, he said, Faye, you have been super faithful. He said, God has not taken you this far to leave. I promise you, if you keep on pushing, if you do not stop, you are, there's, there's that little, I wish I had the graphic. There's that graphic of, um, you guys have probably seen it. It's kind of like, like a little kid graphic, but it's like a gold mine guy. And he is like chipping away to like the treasure. And behind the treasure, um, sorry, behind the wall, it's, it's the treasure, right? And he doesn't realize how close he is. I mean, he's like inches away. And because he gives up, he just turns back around, and the graphic shows, like, how close you are to the point, like, like, when you are to the point of almost giving up, you don't actually realize how close you are to the treasure. And that's kind of what he told me. He kind of explained that graphic to me, sent it to me via message, and he was just like, Fayola, you are this close. Keep on pushing. So I'll never forget, 22 days, from December 1st to December 2nd, I pushed. I pushed and pushed and pushed. And all glory be to God on December 30th, right before um, the new year, a company in um, Wichita, Kansas, reached out to me, real estate company, and said, hey, Fayola, this is, by the way, this is a company that told me no in August for a sponsorship for the show. They said, hey, Fayola, we love your energy. We love how you're highlighting the community of Wichita. We want to give you a check, one check, to sponsor the whole entire show. Production team, give you a salary, everything. We want to be a sponsor of the show. And, I mean, when that happened, I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, why now, right? Why couldn't you do it in November? Why can't you do it in even March, right, before or when I got let go? But I realized that I think God wanted to test my faith. I wanted to, I think he wanted to see how far I can go. I thought November was how far, how far, how, I thought November was my limit. But God said, no, if you lean on Fayola's understanding, then yeah, November is your limit. But if you lean on his understanding, if you lean on his will, then trust me, you can go so much further in life. So I relate, I tell you guys that whole story to tell you this. I can only imagine how tough it is being in a university during COVID. I mean, I don't even want to bring the room down, but let's just be real, no spring break, right? Everybody always having to wear masks. I know my sister is a Division I athlete in California. She's had two track seasons taken away from her. That's super unfortunate. My girlfriend and I were talking about, like, who's probably some of the toughest people that are going through it right now through COVID? I think it's people that were supposed to get married in the summer or during this time and people that are in school right now. Like, because you go to college for the experience. You don't go to college just to only learn. I mean, we get that's a, that's a, that's a byproduct of it, but, like, people meet their husband or wife here, right? People... Um, just have long-lasting relationships here, like friendship-wise. So everything being cut off for you guys immediately has, I mean, can only be, like, just scary and frustrating. And for a year and a half now or so, like, or I guess a year, but, you know, it's probably not going to end until probably next semester, hopefully things get better. But almost a year and a half of all this, that's super, like, dreadful in my opinion. But I only come here to tell you guys that Every single time you guys think you guys are to the edge, just know that you have a God and you have a Savior that literally wants you to keep on pushing. He doesn't want you to stop. So what does pushing look like? I have about three or four things that I kind of use in my year or so of struggle, a year or so of push, that I kind of just want to share with you um, and just kind of inspire you about, uh, like, 
inspire you in the aspect of like how you keep on pushing when you know that things aren't really going your way. So number one, I found myself always comparing to others. I know that's super cliche, and we all know that we all do that, but I want to go deeper into the comparison aspect. I always found myself comparing, and I always found myself doing things for other people. So whenever somebody asked me to do something, I always said yes. I was the yes man. And even though opportunities are okay, you have to know yourself and say, is this a really feasible thing for Fayola? Does this align with me? And whenever I told myself that, I only want to have the mindset of the audience of one. I only want to have the aspect of, I only want to make one person happy. God, right? Colossians 3.23, I play basketball here at college, and I don't know if you guys still do this now, but we went to the Nike ID on, on Nike.com, and we uh, personalized our shoes. And uh, I had Colossians 3.23 on my shoe, and it was, whatever you do, anything you do, do it for the Lord and don't do it for man. And that really stuck to me because I was always in the just, I was always like, making sure that I made the person to the left happy and I made the person to the right happy, but I was never making myself happy. And all the time I have to remind myself, Fayola, your audience is only one person. It's not Kara. It's not Nancy. It's not Paul. It's not Brett. It's, it's one person. It's God. So now doesn't mean that I should disrespect them, but if there are situations that I just can't do, if I'm in school and I have to study, but my friends are asking me to go play dodgeball or go play, what do y'all, what do y'all play in here? Do y'all still play hide and seek? Is that a thing in Culbertson? I don't know. <laughs> I remember those days. But um, yeah, whatever that may be, you have to realize that you aren't here to make others happy. You are here to please God and you are here to do the work of God. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this, never letting a no affect your destiny. Think about that. Never letting a no affect your destiny. Um, I just kind of gave you a short glimpse of my story. People don't even know how deep it goes. There was a role here, and there's, it's not even any like animosity or anything like that, but there was a role here at Sterling College that opened up for me. And it was to be the admissions, or what was it? To help with fundraising for, for the university. I got three or four rounds deep in that. And again, it was just another person that was just better. It was, Faye, we love your potential, right? Faye, you have awesome energy. Faye this, Faye that, but no. And that's just, a, that, I mean, that, that's one of the many times. There are many opportunities, like I said, in November, we're three or four rounds deep. And Kara, I mean, I, I, we can just keep on going with all, many opportunities. And when I just made my mindset to believe that a no or not right now is not going to affect my destiny, that has been something that I have almost held to my heart so closely because if I would have let all those no's frustrate me, if I would have let all those no's make me, you know, ang angry or even cause hate, let's be honest. Let's say I get the call from Sterling a year ago, and I'm like, screw you guys. Are you kidding me? I'm the best candidate that you guys could have. Forget you guys. Would I be here right now? Scott Rich would be like, don't ever let Faye back on campus, right? I mean, let's be real, though, right? Like, I um, have to realize that just because they said no on one thing doesn't mean that I can't be back and impact in another, you know? And that has been so impactful to me, uh, never letting a no affect my destiny. And um, the verse I have for that is Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a very, very popular verse that we all know for the Lord has plans for you, right? To give you, to give you a future, to give you prosperity. And, um, you know, the plans are for evil, not for good. And again, that verse is cliche, but let's break that down, right? Somebody knows the destiny for us. What we, where we mistake that is we all think that 
we have the plans for us and the Lord will make them prosperous. So we all think that my plan is to be the successful businessman. The Lord's going to make it happen. That's not it at all. It's the Lord has a plan for you. And whatever that plan is, you will be prosperous in it. So that's what you have to say. Okay, God, if this is a no, then that means it was not my plan. It was not my destiny. What it is, is I want to follow your plan and your destiny. So the prayer changes to this. Lord, if it's your will, then let it be done. If it's your will, let it be done. Not it's, I mean, again, you can, because in, in the verses it does say that the Lord will give you the, desire, the, the, the desires of your heart. But you have to realize that if I want to be an NBA player and that's the desires of my heart, that's probably not unrealistic, right? That's probably not his will. So you have to really be careful how you use the verses in the Bible. So again, it is in his will, then it will be done. So I have to tell myself that every single day. When I get a no or when I get a not right now, I have to say, God, it might not be your will right now. So that's something that's helped me. And the last one is this, understanding the power of friendships. Friendships is so huge. Um, my best friend and I, David, David's the person that called me and said, Fayola, keep on pushing. Um, you know, you can get through this in, in November when I was going through that tough time. And him and I, in about, about two years ago, so it was 2018, so almost, yeah, three, two and a half years ago, we started a podcast together. And this is before podcasting was popular, so we kind of got on it. We kind of got on it early, and it's done pretty well now. We don't create as many as much episodes now because he's kind of doing his thing in Boise, Idaho, and I'm here in Wichita. But the podcast was was doing pretty hot at a time, and we call the podcast the Power of Two. And I want to break that name down for you. The Power of Two is not just Fayola and David. The Power of Two can be Kara and I. It can be Paul and Brett. It can be, you know, who, it can be me and Nancy, whatever it is. The power of two is this concept that whenever two or more are gathered, Christ is there, right? And that's Matthew 18, 20. And my point, my point with that point is this. God gave us two things on this earth that I think we need to really, like, remember and value. Number one is choice. He gave us the, 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 the freedom of choice, right? So I can, you know, choose to drive 90 miles per hour, you know, on the way back, or I can and get a ticket, or I can choose to, you know, be safe and drive 65, right? That was, I mean, that's a cheesy example, but my point is that he gave us the, he gave us the, um, the option of choice. The last, the second thing I really want to hit on that he gave us is the um, power of community. He gave us the, um, what am I trying to say here? He gave us community. He gave us friendship. He gave us relationships. So with that being said, there is so much power in relationships, the, the relationship I had with my best friend David led to me making the decision to keep on pushing forward. The relationship I had with Kara led to me being more patient, being more kind, loving others. The relationship I had with Nancy led to so many different things. Same with Paul, same with Brett. And my thing is that if we don't take power or take, or take the opportunity that God gave us, which is relationships, I think we're missing out on so many blessings that we have. So again, I understand that people can be like maybe lonely or introverts, whatever that may be. I'm not saying have 30 or 40 friends. Matter of fact, I think it's best to only have three or four close, close friends and have, you know, acquaintances, but have an accountability partner. You know, if I want to lose 15 pounds, you know, from now up until November 21, I want to make sure I have a friend, friend or two to walk me through that. And that's a, that's a lighter example. But let's talk about if I want to be, um, I don't know, pornography is a, is a popular topic in today's world, right? 
Um, and I know that so many people struggle with that. If I am in a situation where I'm struggling with that, I want to have an accountability partner, a friend that can help me through that, right? And that can mean so many things, whether it's lying or cheating or even cursing, whatever. Friendship takes you so many different, it, it puts you in a situation where you can struggle with one thing, and if you have that friend with you, if you have that accountability partner with you, you can, be, you can now be in a situation where that struggle is probably no more. So I want to run through those three things again. It's always comparing and doing things for others. It's never letting a no affect your destiny, and it's understanding the power of friendships. And, um, you know, that friendship thing, man, I mean, I, I, I want to make sure that that point sticks, too, because friendships are, I think, the most important thing that we um, can, can basically achieve in our life, having a really solid friendship. When you get married, when you have your first kid, you don't want to do that by yourself. You want to have somebody with you that can just walk with you through that aspect of life. So again, make sure that you, you know, talk to a friend after this. Express how grateful you are for them, because for me and my life, friendships is the only reason why I am in the position I am. Friendships, relationships, and all of that. So um, yeah, man, so it's 1042 right now. I basically wanted to leave about like four to five minutes. I know we're kind of in a bigger room. We don't have to do a microphone.